Sweet Talk Alliance Edition Combining blockchain and IoT for mid-market supply chain optimization With Jim Gitney of Group 50 and Brian Merkling of Thin Air Blockchain Global Commerce Cryptocurrency Supply Chain Decentralization Liquidity DAOs Logistics Crypto Economics Game Theory Fair Trade Altcoins IoT Exchanges Fintech 3D Printing Artificial Intelligence Security In a decentralized world where global commerce is frictionless and value is liquid, there's Sweet Talk from Sweetbridge. The show that brings together the worlds of blockchain and supply chain with the thought leaders of a new liquid economy. And now, your host, Jason English. Hi, and welcome to Sweet Talk. Today's show, we're joined by uh, two new partners in the Sweetbridge Alliance. It would be uh, Group 50 and Thin Air. Very interesting uh, story here, blockchain with supply chain and Internet of Things technology. So um, what I'd like to do is just start it out with a little demo reel, and that's usually the best way to get to know our, uh, what we're talking about here. So let's play that reel. Are you thinking about how blockchains and the Internet of Everything can help you control your supply chain and serve your customers better? Supply chains are complex. Finding the source of a problem, such as food contamination or spoilage, can feel like searching for a needle in a haystack. Wouldn't it be great if you or your customers knew the entire chain of custody and provenance of a product from farm to table? With a blockchain and the Internet of Everything tied together, it is possible for everyone to know what happened in the field, in the factory, and during transportation. In the automotive industry, being able to quickly deal with issues in performance, compliance, and safety are very important to suppliers, manufacturers, dealers, and consumers. In the aircraft industry, flight safety parts require a fully documented chain of custody during their entire life cycle. From sources of raw materials, through manufacturing, to the finished aircraft, and remanufacturing. Compliance to quality standards and regulatory requirements are simpler with the use of an immutable ledger that is instantly available to you, auditors, regulators, and customers. When the chain of custody and a product's provenance cannot be questioned, customers have a higher level of confidence in the product you are delivering. Group 50's permission-based blockchain, integrated with the Internet of Everything, enables anyone in the supply chain to find that needle in the haystack in a secure way, all in real time. Group 50's blockchain, powered by thin air, brings you the ability to track people, places, and things across the entire supply chain. Siobic, the next generation of supply chain management that gives you a competitive advantage. Imagine a world where you could track the food on your plate to the store where it was purchased and the warehouse where it was packaged and the farm where it was harvested. Imagine a world where you could track it all the way back to the vine where it was grown. Imagine a world where you could do all that and more. Welcome to the blockchain, powered by thin air. All right, we're back. Um, I'm joined today by our uh, by the CEO of Group 50, Jim Gitney. Good morning. 
Yeah. And then uh, Brian Merkling, the CEO of Thin Air. Good morning. Yeah, this is an interesting mix of technologies we're going to talk about today here on Sweet Talk. Group 50 is, has a, a long history of doing consulting for mid-market companies, leveraging new technologies, uh, bringing them to bear to, to help um, mid-sized companies that may not have innovation departments of their own to really leverage these new capabilities. Uh, chief among them now is definitely blockchain and, and all it can offer uh, to help uh, speed along optimiz optimization of production and uh, supply chain aspects. And then uh, Brian's, uh, Brian Merkling is the CEO of Thin Air and this is the Internet of Things company. Um, they use IoT to create real-time actionable data that can inform supply chains and production processes. So I'm really glad to have you uh, both here with me today. Jim and Brian, if you could each tell me a little bit about your backgrounds and what led you uh, to this space and, and how you got here. I spent my career in corporate America the first 35 years and 15 years ago started Group 50. Uh, our primary mission and focus is working with middle market companies, as you stated, but our particular expertise is in optimizing supply chains. And as we realize that technology is expanding far faster than organizations can absorb it, we started looking into what are those disruptive technologies that are going to impact our middle market clients. And we kept, we found four or five interesting things, but blockchain kept coming up as that really disruptive technology that was going to happen. And in order, if we truly are experts in the supply chain, we need to be able to advise our clients on what was going to impact them in the future. And I met Brian uh, mid last year, in the middle of the latter part of last year, and realized that blockchain and IoT were really the ultimate combination of uh, blockchain and the application to the supply chain. Yeah, and this is um, my third technology company. I'm a little bit of a serial entrepreneur. Um, I'd spent some time after my last company was acquired by IBM, spent some time looking at emerging technology markets and um, looking at the ones that would be interesting enough when I went back out for my next serial entrepreneurship. And machine-to-machine um, -machine and Internet of Things were just really, really interesting to me. There's a potential $14 trillion impact on the economy, so it's a great space to be a part of. Um, and as, as you dig into IoT and you dig into the use cases and how people are trying to use data today, um, use this new real-time data that we're getting from things and people and places, uh, the blockchain was just a great um, next step. Um, so it was a great evolution uh, where you could further protect or have immutable data. Um, Jim had started off down that path. Uh, we had a platform that was uh, readily made uh, to support where he was headed. So with some changes to our direction and our roadmap, we were able to create a, a blockchain-ready Internet of Things platform. And um, that's how we got started with Jim. I mean, right now there is a lot of energy around uh, both blockchain and IoT spaces. In fact, so much so that they can, they can become a little bit overloaded um, in, in meaning. But uh, when you do marry these two things, how does that um, become more powerful than either one by itself? Marrying blockchain with IoT and this idea of information coming from so many different edges. 
The great question is, as we know, uh, blockchain is really about transparency and trust. And when you sit and, and, and think about the, the, those primary elements, when things happen inside of a supply chain, especially in aerospace or in food services or in healthcare or in um, uh, other types of manufacturing environments, things are made and manufactured and are very dependent. Their quality is very dependent on feedback from, for example, if I'm moving milk from the farm to manufacturing facility, I need to know that the temperature excursions fit inside a very tight control so the milk doesn't spoil. If I'm going to use a wash to clean um, lettuce, for example, and we've all heard about the recent scares in, in lettuce and also uh, sliced fruits, I need to know that those washed baths and those decontamination chambers have performed what they were supposed to do. And I need to know that the quality reports associated with them and I uh, are associated with them. And so by adding IOT, I get this, the, the, the trust and the transparency well figured out and well documented so they have true provenance of the product. Yeah, and the, I would add a, a, a one other piece to that. We've been focused on, uh, the, the approach we took to IOT was uh, Bluetooth low energy. The reason we took that approach, we think there's a huge opportunity in the small, medium business market um, for this type of play. And blockchain adds even more uh, credibility to what we're doing. So with the blockchain, now we can set up uh, permission-based access to the data along the chain. Um, and it, it, it just makes it really easy to implement, really easy to deploy, really easy to control which all lends itself to a great fit for that small, medium business market. This is very interesting when you can combine these two technologies. And how do you bring this into the range of uh, mid-market companies that may not be the you know, multi-billion dollar players? How, do, how can they take advantage of this space and, and start getting, get started today using these kind of solutions? So that's a real interesting question. We've actually developed a seven-step process where – we can work with, the objective is to have a plug and play product that can easily be put into a middle market company who wants to use blockchain to aggregate data about things that are going on in its supply chain. And with the IoT platform, we can pull data from machines, we can pull data from coolers, refrigerators, location data, asset tracking, those kinds of things. We also, with APIs, have the ability to pull data from ERP systems, MRP systems, et cetera. But not everyone's going to implement the, 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 full, the full blockchain collecting every piece of data. So what we've designed is a plug-and-play product where you start with a proof of value. Actually, you start with a, a, integrating a blockchain strategy or creating a blockchain strategy and integrating it into your business strategy. And then you build a business case around it. And then you build a, a, a technology roadmap. And then you do a proof of, proof of value. The idea there is that for a middle market company, you don't want to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get to the proof of value. You want to be able to have a, a pilot project, prove its value, 
then make the decision on whether to implement it across your whole business, and then make the decision using the plug and play feature of characteristics of Cyobic, then make the decision on whether you want to integrate it with customers and suppliers. So we have the ability to start out small, practice, get really good at it, and then go ahead and realize the full potential of Cyobic and thin air. And from a platform standpoint, we architected for the small medium business from the beginning. So we, we know the platform will be used in the same way every time. We know the people, places, and things data layer will get used in the same way every time. We know the API will get used the same way every time. What we've carefully done and carefully architected is we've gone up the stack just high enough that we've got quick starters uh, for the customers so that they can get started uh, fast. But after they've gone through Jim's process and they know where they ultimately want to go, uh, they can build the rest of the application feature functionality on top of the platform. So we would contend when you start, you're 70% complete as long as you are adopting the, the blockchain ready platform that we've created. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, especially from the uh, point of view of, of putting uh, results first and having, having it tied to very specific uh, deliverable goals, but still having it architected in a way where it is a little bit more uh, dynamic and open-ended on the back end, because, you know, most large companies, they look at everything from an enterprise centric uh, monolithic system outward, right? They think of it as a accounting process and hierarchically driven uh, system that has to be adapted to, as opposed to thinking of it saying, okay, if we're going to start changing our model of dealing with information assets and uh and data about what's moving through a supply chain, we're going to have to switch our, our, our methodology. And so I think, um, Jim, you were talking about this Cyobic. This is, is this your, your platform for uh, kind of enabling the information layer itself? It's, how does that act? Does it act like a middle layer? So it's a blockchain platform. It's a permission-based blockchain platform. Mm -hmm. And it is designed to collect, aggregate data from a series of disparate systems. One of the big challenges in the middle market companies is that they have a tendency to be a hodgepodge of a bunch of different systems. I've got CRM over here. I've got EDI. I've got MRP. I've got ERP. I've got you know, automation systems. We have a client that has three different automation systems inside their company. Yep. And so what the blockchain allows, the way we've designed Cyobic is it allows you to aggregate data about products flowing through the supply chain from all of these various systems. So you don't have to go out and replace your enterprise system in order to implement Cyobic. And you can literally pull data from all of the different systems, accounting and quality systems, et cetera, process controls for machines, and pull it all up into the blockchain. And so we're more of an aggregator of data. Uh, and if you sit and think about blockchain, right, blockchain's real value is in creating an immutable uh, source of information from disparate databases. And if you look inside a middle market company, there's hundreds and maybe even thousands of them. And keeping those all in sync is incredibly difficult. Cyobic and the blockchain product allows you to do that. Yeah, it's never been more important to get uh, control over uh, 
so many different sources of data and and move it into something where we could have a more shared system of record and and start getting to this next generation it's and it's been held back i believe because we have tended to um aggregate all of this data into different silos even if it wasn't a system that sits in your four walls. I'm really interested in, in how you apply IoT data to, to understand the state of assets in a system like this when you, when you approach a project. So maybe Brian, you have some thoughts on that side? Yeah, for sure. So the IoT data, um, you know, I'll add one more piece to where, where Jim was headed. We've kind of architected this all the way down to the, the devices. So um, history tends to repeat itself and the same thing we all did with applications and disparate applications, um, IoT was headed down the same path. Um, so we architected this from the beginning to be able to see any Bluetooth low energy device. Um, we can even see other technologies, but uh, we don't care if it's our device, if it's your device, if it's somebody else's device, uh, we can see it, we can aggregate it, we can contextualize it and make, make the data useful. So now that we've done that, as we bring it into the platform and we aggregate and, and try to create this single uh, repository um, for what your business is and what it's doing in real time, uh, now the blockchain allows us to automate a lot of this stuff, allows us to protect the data with immutability, um, allows us to open up uh, the data in uh, personalized um, role-based uh, permissions. Um, it, it's just a great next step in how IoT is already offering up the data. And, and one of the things that's important, one of the things that's important to remember here, Jason, is that we're using a model called proof of state, S-T-A-T-E. Inside the supply chain, every time a part moves from a truck to a manufacturer, from a distribution center to a factory, it gets integrated into another, a sub-assembly or whatever. It's state changes. There's a certain thing set of, because the part number change might change as well or ownership might change. There's a certain set of things that have to happen in order for a part to move from one state to the next one. Using smart contracts, we are actually using that as the methodology for allowing the block or that part to change its state in the system. And IoT data coming in to... Uh, IoT coming data into the smart contract is one of the important elements in saying, yes, I received this truck of milk. It, it, was, it was cooled properly during its whole trip. It met every requirement of uh, every requirement in order for me to accept this part or to accept this truck of milk. And the smart contract then allows the new block to be written it allows its state to be changed. And you won't hear about proof of state in a lot of the general conversations about blockchain. You hear proof of work, proof of stake, proof of reputation, proof of et cetera. But in the supply chain world, it's very critical that when a part moves from one state to another, that the smart contracts be written around that. And that's what how we are integrating all of these pieces of information to allow the block to continue. Yeah. I mean, that's what supply chain is pretty much all about state. So what is the state of, of the assets moving through the system? Um, and I think in the blockchain world, they have a little bit of a, 
they think of state as basically a financial transaction, like some small part of a of an exchange of value, which it really isn't for supply chain terms. It's it's everything having to do with the state of the asset, where it is, who owns it, what's you know what condition is it in, what materials is it made from, what does it go into. So, uh, um, you're you're definitely taking that into account when you um, you want to pass something from one state to another in supply chain. So that's that is an insightful approach, I would say, to um, taking this into account. Um, what do you think would be some of the most prevalent use cases for this kind of um, technology and this combination of technology? Well, uh, we're focusing on the use cases where it's very critical that you truly understand the chain of custody and the provenance of a product. Food, food services, pharmaceuticals, aerospace, automotive, and healthcare. In every one of those situ every one of those situations, a mistake can have fatal or very detrimental results. Yeah, uh, and so we because and one of the reasons why we created proof of state and why we are so focused on the supply chain is that's what Group 50's expertise is. We do supply chain work, so we truly understand how it works. We understand how it works in those industries, and we have the ability to, to combine that knowledge along with these technologies to uh, really create a product that can uh, uh, very quickly yield results to middle market companies. And as we've gotten into this um, and we've started to speak with manufacturing customers, we've, we've got a lot of really good feedback on how, just how manual it was to not only track the proximity of raw materials, but uh, the environmentals around the raw materials, which are important and have never been as accessible as they will be with IoT and blockchain uh, combined. Yeah. We actually have ongoing conversations right now, and Brian, you probably don't even know about this, with a chocolate manufacturer who wants to track cocoa coming from farms to their manufacturing facility from farms in Africa and South America, et cetera. And, you know, a, a food manufacturer here in the United States. Uh, so those are just a couple of examples where people have very keen interests and, and see how blockchain can significantly reduce the amount of work they do and significantly increase, decrease the risk of doing it wrong, but also significantly increase the transparency of the supply chain. Yeah, and I think what we're looking for here is uh, we need a layer for experts to come and apply their skills to this problem. So that that hasn't gone away, right? There's yeah. still a need to have like a, a series of uh, – you need to learn by doing, and then you have to have people who can come and interoperate with this new supply chain format and have tools and, and solutions ready to make that happen. And, and that's certainly what we're trying to do with the Sweetbridge Alliance is – bring together different projects that, so if I'm, you know, I'm trying to understand the state of all my assets, I'm rewarding value based on outcomes, basically, and, and I'm able to um, incent the right behaviors of all of these different parties in the supply chain. So um, how, do you, how do you take into account all of the different, this, there's always a flexible uh, set of all of these different vendors or suppliers that can lead into the system. So how do you kind of keep a, an ecosystem like that secure when you, when you do need to have so many players 
put data into the system, whether that's in person or through uh, various devices and things. So perhaps you want to talk about the integrity of the IoT data, which is a big deal. Yeah. So we've had to solve for everything from healthcare, where HIPAA and personally identified data has to be carefully protected uh, because IoT has expanded uh, beyond proximity of, you know, where are my raw materials or where is my wheelchair? It's become, where are they? What's, what are the environmentals around them? If it's a person, whether it's on the floor of a manufacturing uh, uh, company or, or in a hospital, even vitals from people are being tracked now with, with wearable devices um, for health and protection purposes of them. So uh, we've had to solve for everything from that to uh, a government um, uh, manufacturers of helicopters that happen to manufacture the president's helicopter and being able to um, protect the data at rest and in motion uh, we had to solve for so we've we've created special gateways um, in our solution that feed our platform that understand how to do all of that that understand how to de-identify data uh, until it gets back behind the firewall and even at that that case um, once you put the information back together uh, it still has to be uh, highly protected and highly regulated uh, from there we moved to role-based permissions um, and then we layer on I think we've got three layers of security on top of the role-based uh, security just to protect the information that comes off of the devices well and then so using the blockchain allows you to get around some of the concerns that are in the marketplace with IOT about spoofing yeah. IOT data or spoofing uh, you know various Bluetooth devices etc so because of the immutability of the blockchain and the security that Brian's put in place, we believe we've solved that one of those big concerns in the application of IoT data into the blockchain. Now, in terms of everything, all of the other uh, sources of data, that's where the smart contract and the change of state comes in. Because if the data can't be validated, yeah then the block can't be written. So you immediately have an issue where you have to go validate a particular piece of data. So for example, let's just go back to my example of a, a truck of milk. What happens, so if I have to keep it at 34 degrees during its whole uh, trip from the farm to the uh, manufacturing source, ice cream for example, and I wanted, I, I'm requiring that the health records for all the cows that contributed to that milk be part of the block, that it stayed at 34 degrees the whole time was there. And it gets there and I find out that for 20 minutes during its trip, it was at 38 degrees. I don't meet the requirements of the smart contract. Now I have to do something. I either have to say, make an immediate decision that yes, this is okay, and we'll move forward, or no, I'm not gonna accept that shipment. Or perhaps I don't have the data associated with the health records of the cows. Maybe I'm selling organic milk and I need to make sure that the cows that contributed to this milk only were fed organically. Those are the kinds of things we have the ability to do with the way this is structured. Does that help? Yeah, that's, that is very exciting. I mean, that's, Food safety is obviously the the one that's closest to most of, most of us because we can 
um, easily manage, imagine what happens if something hasn't been certified to the specification that we bought. Um, and I think that's, there's going to be way more use cases like that happening over time where uh, it's customer behaviors and demands are going to drive this level of compliance and this level of transparency into, you know, what's happened with my product on its way to getting here. Was it ethically sourced? Was it organic? Is it, does it meet the um, transportation requirements and timing and everything temperature? Um, and nowhere is that more personal than food, obviously. <laughs> so uh, there's a lot of use cases in that space for sure. Yeah, we can talk about aerospace as well, Jason. I mean, if you sit and think about a flight safety part that's required to have its chain of custody and its provenance during its whole life cycle, and if I have the ability to demonstrate that that part in aftermarket or in the, in, in the airline industry is worth significantly more than the exact same part that doesn't have all of that data easily available, that does, is where the the life cycle of the product isn't properly managed. And you can get into recent cases where, you know, maintenance on aircraft, jet engines, et cetera, where they weren't tracking the actual maintenance logs or the inspection logs properly could potentially lead to a, a failure of, of an airplane, which could be disastrous. So we have the ability now to, really pull all of that data together and through analytics on the back end, begin to understand the relationship between failures and inspections and how it was machined and how it was heat treated. We now have the ability as this grows to do some incredible um, analytics on the back end to help further improve the quality of the product. Yeah, that's fascinating. I mean, there's a there's definitely going to be uh, an increasing movement where if there's not information to support an asset, then it doesn't have nearly the value. And so that's definitely hitting on a case where you know the history, the full history of its repair life cycle is critical to having any value to the part at all. Because you know, how do you know what you're putting in is going to last? You know, I guess uh, one question I would have is if you're talking to a a company and they're coming in, um, they're coming in fresh and they don't have, uh, you're talking to the IT department or maybe the CTO or CIO of one of these uh, smaller mid-sized companies. They don't know where to really start with implementing a, a blockchain solution. What would be some clues that you might provide as to, you know, what would be some good areas of your business to start looking at? What would be some good areas that could help you make your business ready to, uh, you know, make some of these changes happen? So if you're talking about the Siobic and the total implementation, we actually, we, we actually have launched four workshops. One is a blockchain immersion workshop where we come in and spend a day with the senior leadership team and just bring everybody up to the same level of understanding of blockchain and we customize it to their industry. So we'll actually point out what are some of the industry applications uh, that are being blockchain is being used. So they understand what the competitive arena looks like, what the market looks like, what the application looks like. At the end, they actually plan their next step, which is likely a strategy workshop that says, how am I, how do I want to apply this inside my business? And then they move on to let's build the business case around that strategy. Cause at the end of the day, this is, although this is a plug and play device, it's going to require resources 
and money to do an implementation, even a proof of value. And so we, we actually have a very well scripted uh, set of workshops that either the group 50 team or the thin air team can deliver and uh, you know, that allows them to understand how they apply blockchain and IOT to their business. And it's exactly how we started with IOT a couple of years ago. We actually started with uh, enablement sessions and, and we would help them understand, go through a few uh, questions about their business, a few questions about their uh, business strategy, and we would help them understand where and how they could apply IOT so that they would have a successful product. So it's a great recipe worked really well as IOT exploded on the, on the scene a, a few years ago. Uh, and it's, it's the absolute right approach for the blockchain as well. Yeah, I agree. There's definitely a need for uh, training and understanding in this space. So anything you can do to, to help ease that along is very valuable. Where would you suggest that our listeners go to hear more about your solutions or learn more? Well, for Syobic, they can go to group50.com forward slash blockchain. And from there, all of our information, including our workshops and the video and applications, and they can get to that. Group50.com forward slash blockchain. And same thing on Thin Air. Uh, thin Air, but it's spelled A-E-R dot I-O forward slash blockchain. We've got some information on there as well about the IoT enabled blockchain. And obviously some of that points right back to uh, Group 50 and Syobic. Yeah. If you have anything else to, do you have anything else um, interesting that for our listeners to ponder? Yeah, yeah. I think one of the things that's important about Syobic and its plug and play nature and the proof, the idea of proof of state is that it mimics what's required by organizations in order to enable transactions. And so if we know that a product has been delivered by a trucker to a manufacturing facility and it's met all of the requirements that would meet the needs of the accounting department in order to do an invoice to transactional requirements that is all there so we believe that Syobic is actually a transactional enabler for those future protocols such as the ones that Sweetbridge is developing as well i can see how um yeah, you can, tie, you can basically tie the success of a transaction, whether that's providing liquidity on the basis of an order or a future order, um, faster payment terms, or some other uh, scenarios that we're looking at where you could have um, a company sort of jointly investing in future uh, working capital and, and other types of capabilities. You could, you could see how that would be tied to the information and the state change you're enabling. Yep, that's what our focus is. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I think you, you said it quite well. And I think, um, I think enabling that, that ecosystem and that transaction model, um, to me, that's the most exciting part of what the blockchain could do at some point. Well, thanks, Jim. Thanks, Brian, for joining me. Thank you for having us. It's our pleasure. All right. That concludes our show for today. Sweet talk. <laughs>